Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio with Joe Stopulis and Father Zach Kautsky is inspiring men to live out their call to holiness every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Courtesy of Farm Bureau Financial Services and Construction Professionals, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios. Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. Around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Also on iTunes via podcast. I am Joe Stopulis along with Father Zakowski. Today we will, be, we will be joined by Father Michael Nemechek. And we will be discussing Blessed Pierre Giorgio Fursati, his life, and what he means to us. Father Zach, would you please open us up in a word of prayer? Absolutely, and we'll keep uh, John Leonetti in our prayers today as we begin. In the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the joyful example of the saints like Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frazzati. Pray that we would imitate him and his virtues, especially in his, his genuine humanity and his faith in the Lord and his love for the poor. And so we ask you to bless our conversation today and bless all of our listeners. Amen. In the name of the, the Father, Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we, I believe it was our first episode, Father, we had highlighted a little, this is back when we had Saint of the Day, which I think we did for about three episodes, because we realized, man, Saint of the Day is a lot of work, and that's a lot of different research, and it's, it allows us to have a little more flexibility, but the first saint we highlighted was Blessed Pierre Giorgio Versace. That's right. That was a while ago. Um, the, the absolute first episode, which is not even found in our archives of the podcast, but there's a reason that was the first person we highlighted, because... I think to us, he's probably the the person that we look to the most in modern era uh, for living the Christian life. He's kind of the patron saint of this show. Of this I'd say. Sh- I, I think officially, but we can make it official. We can make it official. Uh, and again, we've talked about it. He is the patron saint of our uh, of our small group, and so we do look to him for an example there. And but you're the one who really got me started on him. Uh, I know that he's meant a lot to your life as well, and. Uh, so, obviously, excited to have an entire show. We knew eventually we were going to do it. Yeah. Uh, it just so happened that uh, Father Nemechek is in the process currently of trying to get petitions, get uh, enough uh, excitement around him that he can give it a letter to Pope Francis to help uh, the canonization cause, which we are awesome. happy to yeah, be on the front awesome. lines to, to make that happen. Uh, and I'm just going to go on record and say that we'll we'll be there. We'll be there. If... I haven't been to Rome before. That sounds good. Iowa Catholic Radio will clearly pay for a trip. Okay, well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for this. I uh, I don't know if I told you I was in I was in Poland for World Youth Day. This is uh, July of 2016, and they brought the uh, body of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frazzati to Krakow, and so they had this. You know, they still had him in his tomb, mm-hmm. uh, but that was it was in the Dominican Church because he was a third order Dominican. And that was just that church was always really, really busy just because all of us were there to pay our respects and be there and praying. It was just absolutely beautiful to see all the young people just there praying. And for me, that was really a spiritual, spiritual highlight. And uh, really, I think my devotion kind of began with different friends and uh, seminarians who had that devotion. I just really felt drawn to him. Um, just his humanity, and uh, we both liked the outdoors, and just really felt like he was kind of like calling to me. Well, and I know? think I think Father Michael obviously will have a, a conversation. I think he's been called by him as well, and been influenced by him as well. So uh, we're gonna head to a short break. When we come back, we'll be with uh, Father Michael Nemechek and discuss the life of Pierre Giorgio Fersati. 
Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting our show, Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. I am Joe Stopulus, along with Father Zakowski, and today we are joined by Father Michael Nemechek. Father Nemechek is a newly ordained priest from the Archdiocese of Santa Fe, New Mexico. He was ordained in May of 2016 and has written a letter asking our Holy Father, Pope Francis, to canonize Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frazzati to show the young people of the world that sainthood is not out of reach. And Father is trying to gain support from around the world in this endeavor. And we're excited to have Father Nemechek joining us uh, today uh, from Rome by phone to speak about Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frazzati. So welcome to the show, Father. Hey, thank you so much. I'm very happy to be with you all. Well, Father Zach and I, in the first segment, many other times, in the, or this show has probably been going on for about a year and a half now, and no one's come up, no saint has come up outside of maybe uh, John Paul the Great, as much as Blessed Pierre Giorgio Versati. We've got a, uh, a big devotion to him, and but we've never dedicated an entire show to him. And so while he means a lot to us, and he means a lot to the show, I'm curious on why he means a lot to you. Oh, I'm not surprised to hear that he comes up on a show called Man Up so often, um, because what he means to me is at a crucial time in my life when I was in high school, uh, I needed an example of what a Catholic man looks like in kind of a modern context. And that's what he showed me. He didn't show me like what a priest looks like, what a father looks like. All of those things are great, but they were kind of distant for me as, like, a high schooler still trying to figure stuff out. He showed me the basic of, like, what is it to just be a Catholic man? Uh, b- before you get into the specifics of this vocation or that one, he shows kind of that, that fundamental call to radically living out holiness in the situation you find yourself in right now. Who, who introduced you to him? Uh, it was my youth minister. Actually, um, yeah, he read the biography and just thought, I mean, to be honest, the first thing that got us was like the pictures of him smoking a pipe. It's the best. Like, it's the best. Like, <laughs> up on the mountain. A, a barrel of, uh, of wine or something like that. And he's like, wait, this guy's up for canonization? And that, that's what drew him in. He said, so he showed me uh, this figure and he said, this is the same for you. This guy loved, like, just enjoying life to the fullest and... um just like having a fun time, like he and his group of friends would go out and pull pranks on each other and on people in the town. But that same night, they would meet together to like pray a rosary or have an all-night adoration uh, session in one of the churches. So he was just this great balance of um, having just good, fun friendship and an intense prayer life. And he shows us that far from being like opposed to one another, those things actually feed into each other. Well, I think of uh, uh, St. Irenaeus saying uh, the glory of God is man fully alive. And I think about him, just that he was this fully alive young man, uh, had a lot of friends, uh, loved his family dearly, especially close to his sister. 
And yet, like, the poor were so important to him. And he had this great balance about life to see, I think, what was most important. And so I think when he was able to have those priorities straight, he was also able to have a sense of humor because he realized God was in control. And just curious, um, you celebrated Mass on his feast day, correct? It was surreal, uh, to be honest. I was so happy to be able to be there on the 4th, which was his feast day. And especially for me, that's that's important because it's also my birthday. Oh, wow. And I, Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know that when I chose him as my confirmation saint. Wow. Uh, back to those high school days that I was telling you about. Um, once I started reading about him, fell in love with him, uh, and just thought, like, this is the type of guy I want to be. And so I did my little saint paper that you're supposed to do about uh, whoever you chose as your confirmation saint. And um, I turned it in, but then I tell my youth minister, I was like, yeah, I, I think I got everything in there. I just couldn't find his uh, his feast day, though. And he looks at me like I'm an idiot. He's like, his feast day is your birthday. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so, so when, when did you find out you were going to the tomb? Um, when I found out that I was staying here for the summer um, to, to try and wrap up my studies by the end of September, I started planning on uh, maybe going up there because uh, I had been invited the past few years to go up there for the feast by uh, Pier Giorgio's niece, who lives in Rome, and she is behind a lot of these efforts um, to, to spread word about Blessed Pier Giorgio. And she always invites me, but I always say, like, uh, well, I'm never in Rome during that time, so I was so happy to finally be able to train up to turn for that day and can celebrate the Mass that they had. So they have they have kind of a big feast day celebration in Turin, kind of centered around the cathedral. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so he's buried in one of the side altars of the cathedral, uh, but because there's so many people uh, there for the mass, it was um, it was standing room only, and apparently that's the case for for his feast day every year. Uh, they celebrate the mass at the at the main altar, and the rector of the cathedral celebrates it. Uh, but it was really cool because there were a bunch of priests can celebrating and they all just none of them like let them know ahead of time that they were going to be coming but it was just like uh a polish priest an english priest uh, an american priest an italian priest like guys from all over the world coming because they have this particular devotion and then um there was this this whole group of french pilgrims just these uh french young adults who showed up last minute they're like hey can we sing for the mass uh and and they ended up doing that it was just all around a, a really blessed time. Yeah, it's a that's a great vision of the universal church too. I mean, every it's, you think, I mean, especially Father Zach and I, it's easy for us to get you know here in Des Moines talking about Blessed Pier Giorgio in our small group, and then to hear, and then I've seen these videos, some some of the ones you've done, and some of the organizations you're involved with, people all over the world talking about what they've meant to them. Again, talking about the universality of the church, how the the example of one man, it's not just in Italy, it's not just in the United States, it's all over. Let's, real quick, as we, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, let's pretend oh. that I've never heard of this guy. I've never heard of him in my life. Can you give me a quick three to five minute rundown on his life and why, he should, why he's important? Okay, so Blessed Pierre Giorgio is the guy that Pope Francis is trying to get you to be. Oh, I like that. That's good. That's yeah, really good. he is. Mm-hmm. It, well, well, if you go through like all of the things that Pope Francis has been calling young people to do to kind of live their lives boldly, to like um, to have a say in the direction their society is going, to have like a, a, a very 
um, living prayer life, to have a care for the poor, to have a love for the environment, uh, to foster deep friendships. All of those things he did. Um, and, and so he, he is the guy the Pope is asking you to be. Uh, but as a rundown of his story, he was born in 1901 uh, up in Turin, Italy, and up in northern Italy. And he was born to uh, more well-to-do parents. His, uh, his father was the founder of a newspaper. He was a senator at a certain point. He was the uh, Italian ambassador to uh, Berlin. So kind of like an important guy. Uh, and then his mom was a painter. But neither, neither of them were very religious. So his dad was a self-proclaimed agnostic and his mom was nothing more than like a nominal Catholic. But from a, from a super young age, Pier Giorgio had this faith that like nobody could explain where it came from, but he just had this deep belief in God, in the Catholic faith, um, this like budding prayer life and this concern for the poor. So there are stories from back when he was uh, five years old, uh, some beggars came to the, came to the door and he didn't call his parents because he knew that they would like, I mean, they were good people, but they, they weren't in the habit of just like giving their stuff away every time that somebody came and asked. Uh, so he knew that they, they probably weren't going to give them anything. So he saw that this was a mother and, a, and her young boy. He saw that the boy didn't have shoes on. So he w- ran to the cupboard, grabbed a pair of his own shoes, gave them to him and told him to leave before his parents made him take the shoes back. And if you saw if you saw their house, go on and look a picture up on, online of their house. You'll understand that it's a huge house, and so poor people probably regularly were coming to them um, because they obviously were, were people of means. And so he's from a, obviously from a young age uh, got to experience that. But again, the, the, if you go and Google search the house, you'll understand what kind of money they they had. Yeah, and he but yeah he he had this money, but he was so detached from it, and that was the remarkable thing is that. He, um, just growing up, would always want to help people. He didn't have this like weird sense of guilt for having all this money. No, instead he just used the money uh, for the good of others. Um, and so he grew up, and he was just a normal teenager, but with this uh, great love for God and love for God's people. And so uh, from the outside, it looked like he was just a regular young man. Uh, just kind of loving life, having friendships, going out. Uh, he loved mountaineering, and so he would go on mountain climbs and hikes all the time. Uh, but what people, and especially his family, didn't realize until after he died is that in the course of that normal life that from the outside didn't seem all that spectacular, he helped thousands of people. At his, at his uh, funeral in Turin when he died, there were tens of thousands of people lining the streets Poor families that he had helped uh, on this occasion or that, um, and it just shows. It goes to show how much like little acts, little daily acts, can add up at the end of the day. Because uh, he, he actually ended up dying quite uh, quite young. He, he was only 24 years old when he died, uh, and that was from polio that he contracted from one of the families that he was uh, that he was helping. Uh, but in just that short span of time, he was able to affect the lives of thousands. And I love how he never told the people he was ministering to his last name, because if he did, it would probably give away uh, who he was. And so he, he, when he would minister to the poor people, he would – what do they call him? They think he went by uh, some other name uh, in order that they that they wouldn't know that he came from all, the, all this money. Uh, and 
and then his parents, likewise, didn't know that he was ministering to the poor people until his funeral, and they saw the tens of thousands of people. It's just such a neat, uh, a neat story. And there's so many stories like that. It was his 18th birthday? When was the car story? That's 16th, I think that's 16 16th when he birthday? was given the choice between receiving you know, mon- a bunch of money or receiving a car, and he chose to receive money from his parents, and then he gave all that money away to the poor. Just outstanding. Yeah, that's yeah, and it's such a like tangible example because like that's the type of stuff that we can relate to. Like none of us have like founded a religious order or anything like that, but we have like had choices between like, hey, can I accept something for me or something for someone else? So I love a lot of these stories from his youth uh, that are precisely about stuff like that. You're listening to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio uh, today. We are talking about. Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frazzati, his life and impact. And our guest today is Father Michael Nemechek, who is joining us from Rome. Father, uh, there's a story about uh, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frazzati, or many stories of him taking the trains, of course, in Italy, as a lot of people got around. And he would say, uh, he would ride in third class, and people would ask, why do you ride in third class? And he would say, you know, because there's not a lesser class than that. There's no fourth class. No fourth class. <laughs> yep. And, uh, I love that story. So I think just based on these kind of anecdotes we've been talking about, these stories, what do you think would be some important takeaways for us? You know, because uh, maybe there's not a train here that we're riding. Maybe we're not being offered money or cars. Maybe we're not from a wealthy family. So what are some things that we can do as men to imitate the example of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frazzati? Yeah, so he um, he kind of shows us that, that we just need to open our eyes to whatever our situation is and fa- find the people that we can help within our situation. And that's not always, like, just by giving money, but, like, a huge part of, like, why people loved him so much is he was able to spend the, his time visiting these families. He actually got to know them. He wasn't just from a distance throwing money as, like, some wealthy philanthropist at people. No, he was he was going out of his way to reach those people that he could, just given whatever like his situation was as a student in Turin. Uh, and so I, I guess that's the first thing is to like inspire us to look around and see who in our lives we can help and how we can help them. Uh, but then the other thing is uh, another story of his that I love is uh, that he he really wanted to get to daily mass. He wanted to get to mass, uh, but it was a bit of a hike from his house, or from their summer home in Polone, uh, up to the, the shrine where this daily mass was. And he would have to wake up super early in order to be able to get there, go to mass, and get back in time for the family breakfast, which was a huge deal for his parents. Uh, and so what he did is he, he tied a rope to his wrist, and then threw the other end of the rope out the window so that when in the morning at 5 a.m. the gardener would come in, he would tug on the rope to wake Pier Giorgio up so that he can wake up before anybody else did without waking anyone else up and uh, hike over to this church, go to Mass, say his prayers, and then come back. So what that shows us, particularly as men, is like two things that, that I think help us a lot in our spirituality. First is a little bit of asceticism. Like having some discipline and like whether it's the time we get up, the time we go to bed, 
just like little things that'll help us um, uh, kind of not just use into like comfort, but to like make a little sacrifice for our faith. Uh, and then the second thing to to have a routine of of, of daily prayer, daily mass if possible, but uh, if not, at least to have um, a life that's filled with devotions that you can kind of be consistent with. And I love that he also he also was in addition to mass a regular goer to adoration, uh, and again mm-hmm. something that he wouldn't tell anyone about, and he kind of snuck off to adoration whenever he could. Uh, I think that's a great example. And then I remember prayers. He wanted to pray before every meal, but he didn't want to do it in front of his father and mother because he knew that his father obviously was in a rush to get dinner going and didn't want to spend time doing family prayer. So he would go to the hallway before uh, before dinner, say his prayer by himself, and then and then come in. Uh, it's just a man who's, and again, I think this is why he's such a great example for today, loved the outdoors, uh, loved having fun with friends, but clearly had a devotion to the poor and, and devotion to prayer. I think the, the church oftentimes gets stuck in this, uh, the, the left wing versus the right wing part of the church, right? And that doesn't exist. It's just we're all one church, but I think he embodies the uh, the charitable, uh, giving, loving uh grassroots area of the church and he also embodies the the prayerful side as well so the whole the whole church comes together uh with the example of blessed pierre georgia Fursati. uh and that's why i'm excited to hear what you're doing uh tell me how that that got started um it got started last uh last october well i guess many of us have been praying that he be canonized uh for a long time now i mean he lived over a hundred years ago. It's about like that time that we can reasonably expect canonization. So we've been praying about it for a while, but about a month ago I was at a canonization ceremony here in Rome. And I just thought, what can we do Lord about this? Like, it just, does the Holy father know how many people from all around the world have a devotion to him and how many more can be helped by, um, by learning of him if he's made a saint and like, his word about him goes even further. And then the idea came to me to, just in case he doesn't know, <laughs> write him a letter on behalf of young people all, all around the world saying, um, we have a devotion to him. He's inspired us in, this, in so many ways, and we want more people to get to know him. And Father Michael, uh, you wrote uh, this letter, and I, we have the, the letter here that you've written kind of on behalf of all the young people of the world. Uh, to be sent to the to the Holy Father, and I uh, just want, if you don't mind, I could read a little excerpt of of this letter. Perfect, go uh, for it. <clears throat> so this is May May twentieth, two thousand seventeen, and I'll just read a couple little excerpts. Dear Holy mm-hmm. Father, in preparation for the upcoming Synod on Young People, the Faith, and Vocational Discernment, you have asked to hear from the world's young people themselves about their lives, their hopes and ideas for their own lives of faith and their role in the Church as well as their concerns and struggles. We ask for the canonization. This is another paragraph. We ask for the canonization of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frizzati, because in a special way, he is one of us, a young person. He did not found any great congregations or rise to any powerful positions. Rather, he simply lived his ordinary Christian life with extraordinary love for God and other people. And then finally, Blessed Pierre Giorgio died at only 24 years old. He did not have everything figured out. He was still in the exciting but confusing age of young adulthood. 
when we are barely getting a glimpse of the arc of our lives, of the arc our lives will take. And yet he lived that age, our age, with heroic virtue. He did not wait for the big decision to be made or the concrete direction his life would take to be clear, to begin making the heroic daily decisions to love that characterized his young life. So uh, I think just a beautiful letter. That's just a part of it. Uh, the the full letter, the entire text, is available at the website PierreGiorgioLetter.org. Exactly. PierreGiorgioLetter.org. And you can also sign the letter, correct? Anybody can sign that letter? Yes. And so far we've had over 1,400 people from over 45 countries all around the world sign it. So you can sign the letter there and leave a testimony about how you came to know Pierre Giorgio or what he means to you. Uh, and they're all posted there. Uh, so you can sign the letter as well as read testimonies from people all over the world uh, and realize what an impact he's had on a lot of people. That's awesome. We've uh, we've got our small group, and our listeners are probably going to get sick of us talking about small groups all the time, but we aren't <laughs> it. It's important. Uh, yeah. We uh, we chose a... Uh, patron saint to, to live after and to model our, our small group after and we chose blessed pierre giorgio and we've already and we, we really formulated this thing about three or four months ago and we've already used the tenets that he lived by uh, as the as the model for what we're doing and so we have monthly adoration together we try to go to monthly mass at least together once we do monthly service projects so we're trying to uh and then if we're fasting, try to give the money from the fast to the poor. All these kinds of things. Each person is kind of pushing each other more and more and more to be uh, like Blessed Pierre Giorgio. And it uh, it started with uh, a, the first book we read was the uh, is the book man that his sister had written. Yeah, yeah Man uh, of the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. So Luciana's uh-huh. sister had written that book about her brother. Um, so mm-hmm. highly recommended by Father Zach and myself. So again, it's just a, it's a book written by his sister. Any other recommendations? So Man of the Beatitudes was one that we obviously recommend. Are there other ones that you uh, are partial towards? Uh, that's actually the one that I, I really like as well. Um, but the first one that I read, that one back in high school, uh, was actually his final five days. Uh, it's also written by Luciana. Um but it's just a focus on his last days and how he kind of heroically uh, suffered well. Uh, and I, I don't think that's something that we do all that well is like suffer uh, in a good way. And, and those, that book really, really shows, shows how he did that. So it's we a good supplement to the general biography of man of the eight beatitudes. One more book we'd mention. uh, called Letters to His Friends and Family, and those are letters that Pierre Giorgio wrote, obviously, to those around him that he loved, and it goes all the way. The last letter is the day before he passed away, so really those letters spanning throughout his young life, and that's available from uh, St. Paul's Press. And, uh, Father, we really, really appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, God bless you and your studies in Rome, and uh, thank you for your love for, for uh, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frazzati. We pray one day that he will be Saint Pierre Giorgio Frazzati. And we can meet right. at the canonization. We'll, we'll get together and, and... I'll be there. We know Father. Sure. Father Father's fantastic. already been to a handful of canonizations. <laughs> uh, uh, none will be as special as that one. Yeah, I think we would be trying to... I, I'd definitely be trying to make a special trip over for that one. But again, uh, PierreGiorgioLetter.org. Uh, sign it. Uh, jump on. And again, we, we can't encourage you enough... Uh, no matter where you're at in your faith journey, he is a saint for you. Uh, blessed Pierre Giorgio Versati is someone to model your life after. So, Father Michael, thank you for joining us and helping us dive deeper into the life of Blessed Pierre Giorgio. 
thank you so much for having me. This has been a joy. And thank you for the work you do to uh, help help men get to heaven. Darn it, you're, uh, you're on the front lines as well, so we appreciate that. We'll stick around, and we'll be right back with Father Zach. My help comes from you. You're right here pulling through. You carry my weakness. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, we just had a great conversation with Father Michael Nemechek about Blessed Pierre Giorgio Versati and his life and the call that he's giving people to help him uh, get the canonization uh, letter to Pope Francis. So with that, uh, go to... PierreGiorgioLetter.org. Uh, Google search it and learn more about him. Uh, and join the effort. We'd love to have you join it. I know Father Zach and myself are going to do that as well. Uh, Iowa Catholic Radio is listener-supported. Uh, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at iowacatholicradio.com. And thank you again for joining us today on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. For Father Zach Kautsky, I am Joe Stopulus. It's time to Man Up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus and Father Zach Kautsky. Heard Monday Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.